Chapter 38, Big Pine Key, One Year Later. It took a while, but I eventually got comfortable with my new name, Gavin Miller. Miller was Linda's last name. I decided to make things easier if it looked like we were married, something definitely in our future. I discovered that it's hard to prove that you're not married to someone. There's no central database that anyone can check to see if your marriage is a fraud. It's amazing what you can learn from the internet about changing your identity and disappearing. I had let my beard grow, and I blended right in with all the fishermen around us. A week after my disappearance back in Cape Cod, I found a newspaper article that said I had gone missing. They mentioned the beach party and a mysterious suicide note that was found with my belongings. They had divers out looking for my body for a couple of days. It was kind of surreal reading about my own disappearance. I felt like a ghost haunting the wrong seashore. It's only 40 minutes from Big Pine Key to Key West, so I joined the Key West Artist Society. It's a great community if you're an artist. They have 42 galleries on the island. I got a job at a frame shop on Duval Street, and I like it. I'm basically doing the same stuff I was painting back in New England, but everything now has a tropical bent. I'm getting really good at painting every kind of palm tree. I like my new life. The pace of things down here is different. It's what you would call island time. It feels like you're on vacation all the time. I get to paint what I want, when I want. Recently, I've been obsessed with taking pictures of the orchid tree that has blossomed in our backyard. I thought I would incorporate the color into my next painting. I found the pitch apple or autograph tree interesting. There's one growing next to our driveway. If you etch something into the leaves, it stays legible for months. I was drawing a smiley face on a leaf when Linda shouted out from the living room window. Gavin, get in here quick. I started to add another face. What is it? I asked. Just get in here now. She sounded very excited. There's something on the TV you've got to see. Linda was watching CNN on the television. She sat down on the couch and pointed frantically at the screen. They just mentioned you and Gary Eastman on CNN. Something about Eastman selling your artwork? A car dealership commercial was on the screen. I said, what do you mean me? She pointed towards the screen again. Wait, just watch. The commercial ended and a news anchor came on. A graphic over his shoulder read, Eastman Art Auction. He started speaking to the camera. Gary Eastman, owner of the DLC Corporation, has released to auction from his personal collection a trove of art by the late artist Gavin Von Getsch. The collection is fetching millions of dollars. The next thing that appeared on the screen was a group of distinguished-looking art patrons leaning into my painting called Winslow's Gloucester Breeze, examining it up close. They quickly showed a shot of the painting called Renoir at the Louvre. The news anchor's voice continued. Mr. Eastman is a philanthropist who has contributed to the art world through worldwide grants for the arts and through donations to struggling artists. He supported Gavin through many commissions of his artwork. They cut to an interview with Gary Eastman. Gavin was such a dynamic artist. He expressed his life through his art. As he spoke, the camera did a slow pan across my painting, Schoenberg's Study at Twilight. I was completely astonished at what I was seeing. Wait a minute, I said. Where did he get those? I saw them all go into the fire. You personally saw them go into a fire? Well, I saw videos of them being... My heart stopped and I couldn't breathe. I thought I was going to be sick. The host continued. 
Gavin disappeared from a Cape Cod beach one year ago, leaving behind a mysterious suicide note. The next showed Lance being interviewed on the beach. The graphic file footage appeared under him. He looked depressed all day. We were all having a great time, but he didn't look too happy. The interviewer asked, What do you think happened to him? Lance had a sad look on his face. I never knew anyone who was eaten by a shark. The program cut back to the interview with Gary. What of this mysterious suicide note? Gavin was unhappy with the world he lived in. He wanted to express that through his art. This was his final epitaph to the world. He held up the little middle finger painting I left on the beach for him. I think it was his final goodbye cruel world message. I shouted towards the screen, You asshole, that was meant for you and you know it. I got up and paced the room. I knew I should have gone with fuck you, Gary Eastman. God damn it. Linda waved at me and said, Shh. On the screen was a close-up of my face. We heard the interviewer's voice say, Who was Gavin Von Getch? They showed a few more close-ups of my work. His work ranged from the banal to the unbalanced as his mental illness took hold of him. A woman, identified as a psychologist, came in and said, You can see Gavin's mind deteriorating as you look through his work. He started with simple, mundane landscapes. They showed a close-up of my painting called Sadie's Placid Lake. I said to Linda, Mundane? Did you hear that? And this woman thinks she's an art critic. She shushed me again, and I sat back down next to her. They showed a shot of Clee's aneurysm, one of my expressionist paintings. The psychologist continued. His work grew darker. You can see his mind slipping from the titles alone. O'Keefe's Meat Wallet number one, two, and three. They showed a close-up of one of Brent's paintings. The next series of paintings show an abrupt change in style. It's quite evident that psychosis was setting in towards the end of his life. They played some weird, dissonant music over one of John's paintings, just to hammer home how strange it was. He must have been a tortured soul who couldn't cope with everyday life. I just shook my head. Next, they showed Jerry being interviewed. I remember what he told me. Jerry said as he glanced towards the ceiling, as if he was hearing me from beyond the grave. Penis is porn. Buttocks are art. The interviewer seemed confused. Buttocks are art? Oh, yeah. Jerry said with a shit-eating grin. He talked about wanting to paint nude cherubs all the time. Was Gavin obsessed with the nude form? Well, he did talk about wanting to paint Gary Eastman's nude wife descending an escalator. I couldn't believe it. Jerry was going to continue busting my balls even after I was dead. I would have to make it a point to come back and haunt him when I actually died. The interviewed Brent next. I recognized that recliner. The interview was taking place in his mom's basement. Gavin was also influenced by others around him, especially in what the experts call his dark phase, the host said. You are known as... The word artist, preceded by a hashtag, appeared on the screen. The interviewer paused awkwardly and nodded towards Brent. Artist? Yeah. Brent said, wistfully, as if the world had finally come to recognize his great talents. You say you were one of his major influence of his later style? Brent looked totally relaxed as he leaned back in his chair. Gavin would often come to me looking for inspiration. It was said that many of his later paintings, his dark period, used stylistic choices that you pioneered. The camera cut to a stupid rat painting. Yeah, man. I felt flattered that he used my techniques. 
Oh, Jesus Christ, I ranted. I paid for those lousy paintings. I covered up sections with black enamel paint just to hide the fact they were his. The camera cut back to the interviewer. He waited a beat, then nodded towards Brent and said, The uh, artist's creations are also in demand. We saw a shot of Brent blowing into his didgeridoo. He recently sold a brightly painted didgeridoo for $15,000. The host continued. Some of New York's biggest art galleries are now embracing Gavin's work. I couldn't believe what I saw next. The two art goons appeared, sitting side by side in an art gallery. Gone were the black suits. One of them was wearing a fuchsia golf shirt, and the other had a yellow flowered Hawaiian shirt. Terry and William, the owners of the Ambrosian Gallery, were among the first to embrace Gavin's work. Terry, the smaller art goon, said, We like the simplicity of his juxtapositions. William, the bigger one, said, He had a reductive quality. It's what made his work accessible. They both sounded like drag queens on estrogen. I didn't like his expressionist phase. William said as he dismissed it with a limperist gesture. O'Keefe's meat wallet. Oh, please. Terry leaned towards the camera. William doesn't like anything to do with lady bets. Stop! William said as he gently swiped at Terry's shoulder. You know I just found it's vagueous. Linda asked. Was your gaydar broken that day? Wait a minute. These guys never spoke like that. They didn't dress like that either. They wore dark suits and sunglasses. I jumped up from the couch and pointed at the screen. They had guns. Did you actually see these guns? Jerry said they had guns. I paused for a moment and realized what I had just said. Mr. Eastman has made available reproduction prints of Gavin's artwork. The program switched to the DLC building and showed the cubicle artists at work. They were all making copies of my paintings from little reference photos tacked to the easels. In the background, I could see the security door I had gone through on my visit there. It felt surreal watching this little army of flunkies pump out stacks of my paintings. You can now buy an Eastman-certified Von Getsch reproduction for a fraction of the original. So that's what we saw going into the fire. Yep, all fakes. The program returned to the host sitting at his desk. Gavin posthumously received the Wilson Medal of the Arts, the Tanaka Prize, and the Hugo Achievement Award. The story ended, and Linda shut off the TV. I sat there in silence for a minute. It was all too much for my brain to handle. Linda had a worried look on her face. So, how does it feel to be famous? I stood up, walked around the room, and said, Can we go for a walk? I needed some fresh air while I tried to sort it all out. We walked to the end of our street and sat on some rocks next to a little strip of sand by the ocean. The sun was going down. The sky was turning its familiar shade of orange. But I might as well have been sitting on a different planet. We sat together in silence for a while, watching a few pelicans fly overhead. Gary knew what he was doing the whole time. It looks like, I said, he was doing reproductions for all his artists on commission. No one else was bothered by the videos of their paintings being burned. I was probably the only guy who objected. Everyone else was happy with their fucking health insurance. Why do you think he picked you? He just played the numbers. He knew if he tortured enough artists... One of us had to react in a big way. It would make a great story. A great story sells art. It's all about the marketing. Nobody gives a shit what I actually painted. 
couldn't you just announce to the world that you're still alive? You could get back at Gary that way. But how do I prove that he did anything? I'm the guy living with this fake identity. I'm sure the authorities would have something to say about that. But you'd be trashing the amount of money he's been getting for your paintings, right? I don't know. Would I? He's already made a ton of money off my work. I would just be trashing the value of each painting that some schmuck had already bought off of him. If I suddenly came out of retirement, I would still be under contract to him. Avon Getch still might be worth something just for the novelty factor, and he would still be making money off of me. Linda nodded. I looked out onto the ocean and said, Can you imagine how many people would descend on our little piece of paradise if the headline went out, Dead Artist Found on Big Pine Key? I like my life now. I'm happy doing the stuff I want to do. You do seem very mellow compared to a year ago. I picked up a piece of coral and threw it into the water. I watched the ripples grow out from where it splashed. Any regrets? Nope. It's perfect here. I stood up, took a deep breath, brushed the sand off my ass, then said, let's go get some key lime pie. <laughs>